0: Snap Production. Hello, welcome to the briefing. It's Friday, the 5th of November. I'm Tom Tilly, joined by Jan Fran.
1: In this episode, we are going to step inside the metaverse.
0: We believe the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet. We'll be able to feel present, like we're right there with people no matter how far apart we actually are. We'll be able to express ourselves in new, joyful, completely immersive ways. And that's going to unlock a lot of amazing new experiences. Wow, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Are you buying it, Jan? Oh, a
1: bit too optimistic for me. Um, That was him announcing the rebrand of Facebook to something called Meta last week, which I was already sceptical of. And then he paints this massive vision of what the future of technology will look like.
0: Imagine you put on your glasses or headset and you're instantly in your home space. It
2: has parts of your physical home recreated virtually. It has things that are only possible virtually.
0: Yeah, it's an amazing big vision. I'm actually like pretty taken by it. It sort of brings together a lot of things you imagine might have been possible, but he sort of laid it out in one big vision. So we're going to look deeper into it in the second half of this episode. And I guess I'll ask the question, Jan... Is it all it's cracked up to be?
2: Most people wouldn't trust Mark Zuckerberg to walk their dog, much less to build a metaverse and to trust them with more data.
0: I'd maybe trust him to walk my dog in the metaverse. Anyway, a deep dive into the metaverse in the second half of this episode. First, here are today's headlines. Well,
1: we are starting this morning with an update uh, on the abduction of four-year-old Cleo Smith. Um, A man has been charged over her alleged abduction and has faced court.
0: 36-year-old Terence Kelly has been charged with various offences relating to the abduction, including one charge of kidnapping. He appeared in the Carnarvon court yesterday. He didn't apply for bail or enter a plea.
1: Yeah, local media reported that Kelly was agitated in court, saying what the F are the media doing here and issuing threatening statements like, I'm coming for you. Um, there's also reports that he's been in hospital after harming himself in the jail cell. He will be back in court in early December
0: pictures of the man have surfaced online showing that he collected children's dolls there's a picture of him holding um the Bratz brand of dolls and wearing a Bratz dolls t-shirt there's also pictures of a room full of dolls believed to be in his house but so far police have given little detail about what they found in his house here's wa senior detective sergeant cameron blaine i think i've said the lights were on um and that she was playing with toys i think um that's about all i want to
2: say this is still a matter that needs to go before the courts um there's certain aspects of what we saw, um, you know, that, that is going to be evidence.
1: Meanwhile, the Reunited family have met with the WA Premier, Mark McGowan.
2: Very well-adjusted considering. Cleo uh, was a delightful little girl who was playing in the backyard and it was a um, lovely experience to meet her. Uh, she was, um, I thought, very well-adjusted considering.
0: Yeah, the investigation will continue and that will include... Asking Cleo what happened, his lead investigator, Detective Superintendent Rod Wild. We
1: have specialists here that we brought up for Perth. They'll sit down, sit down with the family as well, and uh, it'll take as long as it takes. Sometimes it takes a couple of days, so we're very careful, very mindful of, you know, around her welfare when we undertake these interviews. Yeah, Cleo is uh, is the key witness in this mm-hmm. case. Of course, she's only four years old. So the process is particular when your key witness is, is so young.
0: The end of coal, but not for Australia. Big news out of the Glasgow Climate Change Summit overnight. 40 countries, including major coal users, Canada, Poland, Ukraine and Indonesia, have pledged to end investment in new coal-fired power plants, uh, the bigger economies doing so by the 2030s, and the smaller economies doing so by the 2040s.
1: Yeah, that's not the whole story though. Um, there are other big polluters, including China, the US, India, Japan, and Australia, who have not signed the pledge. Uh, UK Business Secretary Kwasi kwateng said that the commitment made on the sidelines of the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow meant. The "Quote unquote, the end of coal is in sight.
0: Uh, across the world, people realise that uh, coal is going to be a thing of the past. We're consigning coal to history. So I think it's a really impressive step.
1: Yeah, Australia's regional neighbours, um, which include New Zealand and the Philippines, they've all signed on to the global coal to clean power transition statement as well. Slightly ongoing problem this poses for Australia, I think, according to DFAT, Coal is our second largest export sandwiched between iron ore and natural gas. We're a very mining-heavy country.
0: And the border between New South Wales and Victoria is finally open after four months of being closed. Woohoo! hoo mm.
1: Smelbourne, here I come, baby. <laughs> Fully vaccinated people can cross the border without quarantining or undergoing a COVID test upon arrival.
0: Meanwhile, in the Northern Territory, they've recorded their first locally transmitted case of covid In recent weeks, I've been saying that the coronavirus was going to come back to the Northern
2: Territory. That was a matter of if, not when. And now it is here.
1: That was the NT Chief Minister, Michael Gunner there. An unvaccinated worker at the RAAF base in Tyndall, which is outside of Catherine, tested positive this week. And that means all residents of Catherine went into a snap three-day lockdown overnight.
0: And Britain's become the first country in the world to approve a COVID-19 antiviral pill... Uh, the country's health secretary, Sajid Javid, uh, called it a game changer.
2: I'm delighted to confirm that today we have become the first country in the world to approve an antiviral for COVID-19, Molnupiravir, that can be taken in the comfort of people's own homes.
1: So you can take this pill following a positive COVID-19 test, but within five days of the onset of symptoms. That's when it works best. Um, In clinical trials, the pill has cut the risk of hospitalisation or death By about half.
0: Wow, so you add that to the effect of the vaccine and that's quite good, isn't it?
1: Yep, sure is. Um, It's been licensed for adults 18 years and over at this point who have at least one risk factor for developing severe disease such as obesity or heart disease. And the UK is the first country to approve the pill, but the US is expected to approve the drug in the next few weeks as well.
0: And Joe Exotic from Tiger King has been diagnosed with aggressive prostate cancer, he came to fame, of course, in the Netflix documentary series Tiger King last year. He's in jail serving 22 years for the failed murder plot against Carol Baskin.
1: Yeah, he did take to social media to tell fans of his diagnosis. He said that he did not want pity um, and that he was sure that his rival Carol Baskin would be having a party over this announcement. Mm. Some people just don't know how to let go of things. Anyway, Season 2 of Tiger King lands on Netflix on November 17th. That was not supposed to be a plug. I'm just <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know well, if you're in interested news. in watching Season yeah. 2. <laughs>
0: now, before we um, take you into the metaverse, wanted to um, give you a massive thank you, actually. Um, Jen and I have been asking you over the last few days to take part in our survey, and... Almost 800 of you responded. Thank you
1: so much. We really, I mean, we weren't expecting such a fabulous response, but we've got it. And it's really kind of helping us, you know, just shape the show moving forward and just work out the stuff that you guys like listening to and and hopefully deliver that. I particularly like the person who said, what's your favorite thing about the podcast? And they answered headlines and Jan Fran. So I'm going to be up myself for the rest of the day because well, of that comment. Thank you.
0: Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll be out of the studio soon, so that's a good thing. The feedback was really positive because we did open up for critical feedback. You know, what's the stuff you don't like? Is this not working? Is that not working? And obviously people that take the time, you guys listening to do the survey are, are people that like the briefing, but the feedback was really positive And the main thing is that the format works, that you appreciate getting the daily headlines, sort of a a concise version of the news that stops you having to read everything else. And I guess Mm. also putting those news stories in a bit of context and having a bit of discussion and debate. And then mostly the deep dive topics work for you, but obviously they're not for everyone all the time. So I guess we, Jan, have to keep working hard to make those topics as, as strong and as interesting as possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 2022, baby.
0: Oh, some of you said you don't like the ads, but you get it. We we need them. Um, thank you. I for think your someone understanding.
1: said they're a necessary evil. You've got bills to pay, and I can confirm, I do have bills to pay, and I imagine so do you, Tom.
0: We do. Um, thank you so much for being part of that survey and being a listener to the briefing. We're 18 months in, and we've got you a great audience, and we want to keep growing it. So tell your friends about it if you ever get the chance to post on socials when you find a topic really interesting. We'd love that. Or um, rate and subscribe on the um, Apple Podcasts app as well and on Spotify.
1: We're talking Metaverse with Jeremy Kaplan. He is a well-known tech journo in the US. He has half a million Twitter followers.
0: Yeah, he works for tech Radar. Jeremy, thank you for joining us. How bold and unique do you think this vision is? Have other people come out with similar ideas?
2: Well, the metaverse as a concept has been kicking around for decades, especially in the world of science fiction. This is something that authors have written about for 30 years at this point. It sounds like this is the first real effort by anybody in the technology world to actually achieve what has been kind of a pipe dream for a long time.
1: Jeremy, you mentioned um, science fiction, which is really telling for someone like me, because this, to me, it does seem like science fiction. And maybe that's because I have no idea about technology. I'm a bit of a Luddite in that sense. So if you had to explain the metaverse to someone that has absolutely no idea what it is, what is it?
2: I, I would be I'd be hard-pressed to do so. Um, look, you're, you're absolutely right to be a little bit confused and, frankly, to be a little bit sceptical. I certainly am myself. Here's the best way to think about it. Uh, There's a lot of technology these days that affects how we interact with the world. So you have things like virtual reality, right? Where you put a headset on and you're looking through a virtual world. We have things like augmented reality, like that game Pokemon Go, right? Where you're looking through your phone at the world and seeing some extra stuff layered into it. The general concept for metaverse is combining all of these things together as well as some other as yet unseen ways or unthought of ways to interact with the world and the combination of all of these that's why it's a meta right it's not just the the reality that we're living in it's a combination of all of these things layered together think about it like this uh holograms and avatars and virtual reality all smooshed together into one virtual meatloaf uh, the thing is who actually likes meatloaf i haven't seen a very good vision of this beyond what what Marcus Zuckerberg showed off in the event that he did recently, which did have some very interesting, let's call them dreams, about where technology could take us in the future. It's hard to tell if any of it's actually going to happen. It does feel kind of like a big dream.
0: I'm less skeptical, I think, than you guys. I, I thought it was an amazing vision. And yes, a lot of these things already exist, the different elements of it from video call, social media, augmented reality, holograms to some extent, e-commerce, gaming, but I'd never seen it kind of articulated in this way. And Mark Zuckerberg was able to to do that and and bring detail to it and just a sense of how it might all tie together. You don't think there's some value in that and that he's a bit of a visionary?
2: That's very fair, yeah. He's definitely a visionary. He did articulate it very well. And some of the demos that he showed were just fantastic. Mm. There was one, for example, where you see a concert concert And there's a woman in the audience watching the concert and all of a sudden her friend beams in as a hologram and she can talk to the hologram and the hologram can watch the concert with her, which just sounds amazing. Mm. But the technology to do that doesn't exist today. Mm. So what we do need is somebody like a Mark Zuckerberg, a visionary with billions of dollars and thousands and thousands of developers to invent something, to go out and, and actually make that happen. The challenge is as the technology guy. I understand the, how hard it would be to actually do anything like that. So to think that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook is the company, I'm sorry, not Facebook, they call themselves Meta these days. Mm. To think that that company could actually execute on this, it's going to be hard to do.
1: Where is that skepticism coming from for you, Jeremy? Why do you think it's going to be hard for them to do? I mean, they're a massive company. They have billions of users around the world. They've grown year on year. Why do you reckon it's going to be difficult for them?
2: Well, part of it is the really negative history that Facebook has developed for itself in the last decade. They have said a lot of things and then just not actually executed on them. And that's, you know, promises around how Facebook is going to filter the news to get all the incorrect news, the fake news out of the feeds. They say that they can't actually do that, not effectively anyway. Promises around building security into certain products. Um, These are basic things that, that they should be able to do better, and they are challenged with some of that. And then when you start talking about something as ambitious, as massive as the metaverse, which Zuckerberg said, within a decade, there's going to be a billion people using this, and it's going to be generating tens of billions of dollars worth of revenue. That's ambition on, a, on an enormous, tremendous scale. And sometimes that's what it takes to get things done. Mm-hmm. I always think back to the U.S. in the 60s saying, we're going to land a man on the moon, which seemed like pure science fiction. And then Mm -hmm. we went and did that. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that can actually happen. But (laughs) this one's hard to fathom. The other part of the challenge is a lot of people, myself included, have come to kind of dislike Facebook. If somebody were to do this, I don't know if I want Facebook to do this, (laughs) to be the one that does it. Because we don't really trust these guys anymore. Most people wouldn't trust Mark Zuckerberg to walk their dog, much less to build a metaverse (laughs) and to trust them with more data.
0: Yeah, but billions of people do use these products. It's just been such a juggernaut and it has created visions that didn't exist previously. When Facebook did start, it did have kind of a warm, cuddly atmosphere of people reconnecting with people they might have lost touch with. Um, but then, as you say, it brought in other problems like misinformation, um, polarisation, um, political manipulation. What, what are some of the harms that could come in with this next chapter of the internet?
2: I, I think there's some very real problems that we all need to keep in mind and 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 fret a lot about and if we don't worry about them today we're just going to fall prey to them so for example it's a no-brainer that we all use our phones too often right while you're driving people are texting while we're walking down the street people are texting and you know falling down open manholes if there were a more immersive world that we were suddenly privy to and if it could do any of the amazing things that mark zuckerberg is suggesting which would be great don't don't get me wrong like It's really cool. I am a fan of technology. If we can do any of those things, I'm all for it. But the risk is if we become more immersed in our devices and spend less time as human beings interacting with other human beings, we're losing something as a society. And we just need to be cognizant of that. It's only just today that device manufacturers like Apple, for example, are building functions into their products to limit how we use them, or at least to make us aware, hey, you spent six hours on your phone last week or, or yesterday, frankly. That kind of understanding is only just starting to happen now. Mm. So it's important that mm. as we build new more immersive products and things, we think about what we're going to be doing with them and how often we use them.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's not just about the problems with the technology it, itself. It's actually the the problem of drawing us away from the real world. Um, which is a a really good point. One thing that I thought was interesting in the vision, it sort of gave me for the first time a sense of why NFTs, non-fungible tokens, this sort of way of owning digital artworks through blockchain technology might actually make sense. Like there's this moment in the presentation where someone in New York is looking at a 3D artwork on the street and then sends a link to... Their friends on, on the other side of the country, presumably, and they're all sort of looking around at this artwork. It's like, oh, maybe that's how the ownership of digital art might change and blockchain technology could be used. They also talk about the use of cryptocurrency in, in the metaverse. Is this a space where you think blockchain could
2: really come into its own and be really practically useful? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you highlighted that because I found that to be pretty remarkable as well. If you're any sort of an artist, seeing something like that was probably awe-inspiring. Mm. Just the ability to share artwork across space uh, like that. And you're right, the, the way that the funding model was sort of baked into that little demo seemed really, really neat. Mm. The whole blockchain thing has so many different ramifications for what we do. For example, here's just a quick aside. A lot of real estate transactions could very easily be based around blockchain, which allows you to securely trace any sort of financial transaction from point A to point B. Z, you know, mm. and know exactly where things went in between blockchain itself is very, very usable beyond simply cryptocurrency. But this seemed like a very realistic use for cryptocurrency, which has felt kind of like it's a thing. But do yeah. we actually need it? Yeah. You know, it felt like a
0: very real use for cryptocurrency. In Mark Zuckerberg's presentation, he sort of just looks at his wrist and all these things appears, which is kind of how it needs to be rather than these like ridiculous headsets. Um, if you look at the finance community's reaction to this announcement, the Facebook share price has basically gone nowhere. It's like the whole business world went meh. So what do you think's behind that? Is it because this is such a big vision and actually Meta or Facebook can only really own a, a very small part of it?
2: I can't ever wrap my head around what's going on with Facebook's stock prices or, or frankly with Facebook users. We have a steady drumbeat of news about problems with Facebook and people on a daily basis complain about how much they don't like it and then nobody stops using it yeah. and the share price keep on going up and they keep making money. It's an equation that is very hard to fathom. I think that there's a great deal of skepticism around this announcement for some of the reasons we've been discussing here. So if there was an issue with the stock price, I, I can see Stock analysts, some of whom get very technical, saying, "Yeah, this is ambitious, and it could just be a big money sink for this company. You know, what if they spend five billion dollars over the next four years and have nothing to show for it?"
1: Hey, Jeremy, when can I expect the metaverse to start impacting my life? <laughs> Not to make it about me, but this, let's let's make this it
0: about me, shall or we? Next
2: century? What do you think? Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg said we'll be doing this within ten years. He's he, what he said was very clear. Within 10 years, there will be a billion people using the metaverse. And, you know, within that timeline, if he's right, we should start seeing this stuff just around the corner. I would love to see virtual concerts. You know, there's a lot of bands mm-hmm. that I can't get to. It, it, there are people that live in cities that aren't giant big cities or are on the countryside and, and bands don't come to them. If I could see my favorite band playing with my friend from across the country at some venue somewhere else, how amazing would that be? And that doesn't feel like it's too far off. That feels like a portion of the metaverse that really could happen. The vision that Mark showed, however, of a hologram being beamed in to stand directly next to somebody else, that feels like science fiction. But being able to put on a headset and actually watch a band live on stage somewhere with my friends, you know, that's the kind of thing you could do right now.
0: Well, I hope it's ready in time for the next pandemic because um could have made life a bit easier during lockdown.
2: <laughs> exactly. That was
1: Jeremy Kaplan, tech journo at Tech Radar, And I started out sceptical, and I'm still sceptical. What, <laughs> what about you?
0: I'm stuck in my default optimistic position. I mean, I think the vision was great. Probably the questions I have is whether Facebook or now Meta can really capitalise on this in the way that Zuckerberg's hoping or whether they're a really small player in a much bigger puzzle. What sort of keeps you rusted on as a, as a real hater?
1: Well, I already think that social media permeates into our lives a lot more than what it should, and I think that it should contract rather than expand. So the fact that Facebook is getting bigger, it's going 3D, it's becoming ubiquitous, mm, I'm worried. Also, <laughs> I don't trust Facebook. Would you trust him to walk your dog? Jeremy doesn't. I probably don't. You might.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think that's actually a really good point. If I could have a choice of like less or more social media or technology coming into my life, I would choose less. I guess I just see it as inevitable. It's at least interesting to understand how that might look.
1: I'll bring you on to my side yet.
0: (laughs) All right, that is it for the Monday to Friday briefing. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Tomorrow in your feeds, Jamila Rizvi will be back, of course, with the weekend briefing. Jamila, who's on this week? this
1: week I got to be in conversation with Denny Todorovic. You have probably seen Denny on Instagram. They are kind of prolific. Denny is a podcaster, content creator and former fashion editor and queer activist. They have styled some of Australia's biggest celebrities and we got together to fix my wardrobe. Also to unpack gender identity, to talk about fashion choices in a really Binary kind of world, and also to talk about religion, spirituality, and self love. If you are emerging from lockdown right now and not feeling the best about yourself and kind of attached to your tracksuits, this is a conversation for you.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Jamila. And a big thank you to the hardworking team here at The Briefing, executive producer Dan Mullins, uh, news producers Brooke Young and Brooke Loudner, socials producer Emily Lodge and Matt Kuzcurry, our wonderful editor. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll speak to you Monday. Listener.